Welcome to the Democracy Group, a network of podcasts about democracy, civic engagement, and civil discourse. This week, we wanted to share a special episode from Justin Kemp, host of the Democracy Paradox. Justin has been interviewing other hosts in our network about their podcasts and great organizations and posting them to his Patreon. This episode features Liz Joyner of The Village Square, which produces The Village Squarecast. You can learn more about The Village Square at villagesquare.us. Also, if you enjoyed this special interview from Justin, consider subscribing to his Patreon for exclusive interviews, bonus content, AMAs, and much more. The link can be found inside the show notes. Now let's get to the episode. Welcome to the Democracy Paradox Podcast. This is my daddy. My name is Justin Kemp, and I am your host as we explore the democracy paradox. Liz Joyner, welcome to the Democracy Paradox. It's a pleasure to be with you, Justin. So, Liz, congratulations on becoming the newest member of the Democracy Group. We are very excited about that. You have no idea. There were parties. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exciting to have you here, and I'm looking forward to learn more about your organization. Unlike a lot of the podcasts, which podcasts have only been around for maybe 15 years. I mean, your organization has been around for 15 years, even though the podcast is only like, eh, like about two years old. So you guys have a lot more history than a lot of the other podcasts that that we work with. But I can't help starting with something else. I want to start with the mascot. All right. <laughs> digging that. Yeah. Your your motto is at the village square, we make pigs fly. What does that mean to you? So, you know, when we uh, another one of our taglines is we're a nervy bunch of liberals and conservatives who believe that dialogue and disagreement make for a good conversation, a good country and a good time. And so the whole idea that we're setting out to create an organization that is a bunch of liberals and conservatives who are trying to get along and respecting each other while we do it just seem like a when um, pigs fly kind of a mission. And, um, and actually our daughter did the logo and it's been around. She's, uh, she's now, uh, 23 years old and she sort of rolls her eyes when she sees her flying pig <laughs> that she made however many years ago. Um, but you know, it's an interest, it's been kind of an interesting, um, thing we've stuck with through the years as it becomes this kind of very relatable thing for people, right? It's it we try to have a little bit of fun with what we do. We try to be a little little bit irreverent and we try to be very accessible. Um so I think people relate to that. Yeah, let's make pigs fly. Um kind of a mission that makes you feel like you're in something together in a social order that feels like we're never in th- anything together. Um, and as a side note, I have the best collection of flying pig, almost everything, ornaments, um, um, salt and pepper shakers. Uh, I've got a weather vane, um, big, heavy glass things, cast iron, and they're all gifts from people who we have, who, who, you know, they see a flying pig somewhere and they think of the village square. So it's, it's generally been a good thing. Well, it's it's excellent branding too because it reflects who you are. It has a very fun feel. And the impression that I get when I listen to your podcast, obviously I 
I haven't had the opportunity to be at one of the live events, but the podcast has such a fun feel to it. People are cracking jokes. People are sharing ideas. Even on the God Squad, people are talking over each other, but in a very respectful and friendly kind of way. It's got this lighthearted feel to it as well. Yeah, that's an incredibly important intuitive understanding of what we do. And in some ways, we've probably found it by accident um, in that we were originally um, founded around some friendships uh, across the aisle friendships among local leaders. And we kind of built our organization out from that. So let's say we've got five people who are politically diverse, who get along and who like each other. Let's see if we can take it to 15 for our board. Let's see if we can take it to 75 for founders. Let's see if we can take it to a, you know, a, a 200 or a thousand person event. And turns out you can. Um, and, and the way you do that is, is it's just very human and personal and you, and you try to be human together. And it turns out that's actually an incredibly powerful thing. And there's a, you know, the, the science says that that's really how you go, you go most easily into this, how you get kind of a tailwind into bridging um, differences rather than sort of the regular headwind is you do it by being people together and by also having a little fun together so that it's something that people want to do. And in fact, there's a, um, social psychological term for the, the laughing is, is it's something called muscular bonding. And so if you can, if you can go into an event and have this kind of muscular bonding event. So we actually try the beginning to see if we can be a little funny and get people sort of in the mood. Um, it can be um, muscular bonding happens when you say, you know, sing a, a hymn together in, in church or sing a song together. It also happens when, um, you're cheering your team along on the sidelines. And so that's a very human experience that we don't quite have enough of these days uh, with people who don't see policy and politics our way. Yeah. And it can be very difficult too on some of the subjects that you guys deal with. Your last episode on Schadenfreude is a very heavy topic. Heavy. Yeah. It happened right, right around Ukraine. Yes. Yeah. And you start out with the musical number of people singing Schadenfreude, like a, a taped version, obviously, but it's it's so funny and lighthearted. And it, again, like you said, it sets the tone so that instead of people getting into a deep philosophical argument where people are stepping over each other and getting offended, it it sets the tone that these are friends and we can have fun with these serious topics. Yes. And I, I do have to admit that over the years and as the division between us has grown more significant and, you know, even into what feels like dangerous territory, it's kind of a, a fine line to walk, obviously, um, because we want to be respectful of the significance uh, and the importance of what we're talking about. But um, we we tease that our um that we talk about the things your mother warned you to never discuss in polite company, politics, religion, and race. And we really do. Um, so we try to dive right in, but really the center of gravity is always around the relationships and, and that the um, schadenfreude episode that, um, that you mentioned was 
three, it was, um, it was three of our original God squad members who were coming back together again in a conversation. And I think that you can, you can feel it in the room when you're, when you're having a conversation with friends and, and that's what we are failing to be these days. We, we, we lost the concept of being human with each other and being able to respect and love people who you don't agree with at all. So when you started, it was 15 years ago. And for me, that doesn't feel like that's that long ago. I mean, when we date that, that's 2007. Was that the actual year you guys started? Yes, it was. Okay. Good math. Yeah. So 2007 doesn't seem that much different than 2022. The music in a lot of ways feels feels very similar. Uh, a lot of different things have remained the same, but at the same time, so much is different. And the so politics, yeah, the politics feels so much heavier. Has it become more difficult for you to be able to bring together these different perspectives over the course of 15 years, or does it still feel as natural as it did in the beginning? It's become more difficult. We we still are very successful doing it using our model, but I think there are a couple of things. And one is that we are, we seem less like we want to spend free time with people who aren't like us. And I think that the genesis of that is um, primarily the fact that people, you know, everybody talks about how horrible this this problem is and the division is but when it gets right down to it do you really want to spend the evening or you know a weekend or whatever um with people who aren't like you and i think unfortunately the answer for many of us is no and that's really understandable and incredibly human um but one of the things that we've learned over the years is is uh, and this is consistent with the science around um, building bridges is that simply positive contact with people who aren't like you is transformational. It helps you um, see the humanity and the other person see their goodwill, um, even if you think they're wrong, right? That they that their intentions are are pretty good, um, and and it's just hard to hate people um, when you know them, and so. Our premise is actually, if we just did this more often, hung out with, um, you know, have lunch with someone who doesn't agree with you, um, have social circles, you know, social clubs, civic organizations that are politically diverse. Some of the problems that are most um, dangerous, I think, really decrease uh, because then we're back to where we're arguing differences of opinion, which of course are going to happen in a, a, a democracy of 300 million people um, with partners in the endeavor who mean well, even if we think they're really wrong. Uh, so, so I think that it is um, easier than people sometimes think it is, but still on the other side of making a decision about whether to engage or not, it's just, I mean, you know, to be honest, this weren't my job, I might say, nah, I think I've got stuff to do tonight. It's interesting because the way that the world has changed, you actually interact with people that are very different from you in a lot of ways. For instance, we talk to people from different races, from different countries, from different parts of the United States. 
But at the same time, what we've done is instead of having this homogeneity of identity, who we are, we now have this homogeneity in terms of our opinions and views. You're exactly right. It's it's just, it's a change, but it's such an important change because you used to have to interact with these people because you live in a small community, in a small town, you're not able to get to different places, but you had the same cultural background, but you might have some different opinions along the way. Now, everybody's got different cultural backgrounds, but they all have the same opinions within your circle. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there, and we didn't have the internet to deal with. So really, the um, you know, digitally, the fact that we can find people who have a similar worldview world to ours and organize with them, that's not all bad, right? There's, you know, that's a, an important part of civilization. Um, so that that's wonderful. But but um, that's bonding social capital, uh, according to Robert Putnam. Bridging social capital, as you said, used to exist very naturally inside of communities because there wasn't all this other opportunity to bridge with people just like you. And so there's a side of me that thinks that this is these are all sort of the understandable um, downstream ramifications of the digital changes we're dealing with and that we just need to make new adaptations to them. So, you know, if if we are in an environment where we do a lot of bonding and a lot of work with people who are just like us, leave a space in your life to um, disconfirm a, a growing notion that those other people might not be so okay. Because once you meet them and you see them, you talk to them, you realize that they are, they just see it differently than you do. What I like about what we're talking about right now, about trying to connect people, is that I think that it, I feel that it really gets at the values of the Village Square. What are some of the other values that the Village Square represents? We think that in many ways, America has forgotten our original incredible idea, which is that a diverse people can self-govern. And that to do that, we have to engage with uh, people who see a different slice of things than we do. And 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 really in you know in in our framers um conceptualization you know how how do you take a group of people who are very different and let them be the bosses um of this endeavor they saw us as needing each other um to to ensure you know there wasn't tyranny right that that our job is to balance each other out um, to make sure that there are always are minority rights. Um, and so they saw us as reluctant partners. I think they had a very um, uh, accurate view of human nature that that they um, that they were working hard to create uh, um, something that we could have people who disconfirm our biases, right? And all humans have, biases and all humans have, you know, a part of the whole that they see. So we really deeply believe and have seen now for 15 years, it really just jumps out at you all the time. Oh, I never thought of that aspect of this problem. Or, you know, for me, my politics are center left and they were then and they are now. Um, But I now really understand 
and appreciate and in fact seek out conservatives who I trust um, and respect to help me see what I'm missing. And so I think we have to, you know, ideally, um, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be to go back to having the deepest appreciation for our differences, including our differences of opinion, because those are the folks who can tell you, you know, oops, look there, that's dangerous, right? When you're not seeing it all. Uh, So I I think that that is one of our um, most central values of the village square. And one that frankly, we see less and less in the world around us. Um, And we know this because we've seen it with our own eyes. We see it over and over and over again, how valuable it is to be in proximity to people who disagree with you. And, you know, and actually to that end, we would, um, you know, we start a number of our programs with a reminder that our goal isn't to agree, it's to disagree and keep talking. Um, and, and I think sometimes we think we have to agree. We're not gonna, right? Just, I mean, as a basic premise, we're not going to, you know, there will, they'll find some narrow places that we can uh, agree here and there, and we'll structure complex agreements and, and, um, but, but, you know, the the disagreement is going to, is in some ways what is so glorious about a democracy. So one of the things that really attracts me to the village square when I listen to your podcasts is it actually doesn't have like these big name rock star guests like a lot of podcasts do. And that's by design. You're not looking to be able to bring in somebody like, I don't know, Malcolm Gladwell onto your podcast or to your live events. And I think that that actually speaks to some of the values that you're getting at right now, which is why I wanted to bring it up right now. Can you explain a little bit about how you go about choosing the guests on your podcast or the guests at your live events, who is it that you're giving a platform to? Who is it that you're looking to, to share these ideas? So, you know, we have a wide variety of different kinds of events. So the answer is a little bit different with each one of them. And we do occasionally bring big names, but less that they're big names and more that we think that they're really onto something, right? They've got an inspiring idea around which um, we think that people who are, are don't look or think alike uh, can gather. So that's a major part of what we're always thinking is that we don't want to have a program that speaks only to, uh, to you if you are liberal or conservative, black or white. We we want a program that's that is inviting and magnetic to everyone, um, and. And to do that, we work hard to build um, diverse panels, but we do it a little bit different way than I would say that most um, organizations do. And that is that we we don't we're not looking for person A who, as their day job, represents position A, and person B who represents position B in their B- day job. We're looking for people who have opinions on whatever topic it is that we choose that we think. Uh, they're kind of the the best argument that uh, is being made. Um, and then also one that we think the other side will find compelling. So it's, it could be that in your day job, um, you're mainly talking to the people who agree with you. We want people who can communicate with the people who would disagree with them. 
And so, and, and we also often do that relationally as well. So I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. We had a program on immigration uh, when it was during the rise of the tea parties and there were town halls that were actually, um, there was violence and it was on the news and everything. And we had been operating for a number of years at that point in time, had never really felt like, oh, we're in trouble. How is this going to go? Or is there going to be violence at this big event? Um, that we're having on immigration. And so we had even discussed, um, even discussed whether we needed to have a plainclothes police officer there. We did it and it went well. And the reason why is because the facilitator for the program was um, one of our board members who is a, a, a liberal rabbi and very interested in immigration. So we knew that we had to find someone who could make a compelling conservative argument on immigration to join the panel for, for us to, you know, be able to have this room full of people and have this be a successful event without any kind of violence. So we ended up uh, thinking hard. We were looking for people in the rabbi's network who um, didn't agree with him, but who had a relationship with, and we ended up inviting Marco Rubio's general counsel. And um, we did that because uh, he was in the rabbi's fantasy baseball league with him. <laughs> and we knew once we had that going, so two people completely disagreed on immigration, but they did fantasy baseball together. Now, if we, we if the conversation had turned to fantasy baseball, we might've been in trouble because they might've <laughs> had words, but, um, but we knew that we would be okay. And in fact, then we built um, the, the panel on from there and got really good and wonderful um, knowledgeable voices on both sides of the aisle. Um, and we were, we were just good to go that that was going to be fine. And, and actually that is um, a concept called cross-cutting relationships. And again, a num another one of sort of the values we have and the levers we pull, which is that if you, and, and very often those relationships are had best inside communities uh, that you disagree completely on politics, but you're on the same softball team or, you know, you sing in the same choir and those cross-cutting relationships are incredibly powerful and they're, we don't have enough of them these days. So this was a live event. What's the energy like at your live events? We intentionally go for it to be, have a social feel. So there's food. So, you know, when you're hearing those happy voices who are, who are talking on the podcast, um, very often they've been fed recently. Um, some events are evening events. There will have been, you know, wine and cheese involved. Um, and we, we, we just, we try our best to have a little bit of fun together. And, um, and, and generally when we do, you know, there's a few times when it's gotten a little bit difficult. But generally, it's a it's a pretty collegial and social environment of people who are making friends and 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 sort of cementing friendships that then they go out into the community. And instead of the community being just horribly, deeply divided, we've got all those cross cutting relationships up there. Well, I think it's really cool that you've got a number of locations across the United States. I think it was into what, four or five cities now? Yeah, actually, we have right now we have two um, and a couple of them were sort of experimental and grant related. Uh, but 
a large reason that we don't have more than that is because we're so busy doing what we do. And then also because it, you know, as I mentioned, it has gotten harder. And so, so we've stayed and we've done this work, um, in Tallahassee and Fort Lauderdale, and we have very deep and dense, um, healthy, uh, communities and relationships there. And we, um, and and now now I'm getting to turn my attention to being able to share our model with communities across the country, um, and and it just took us a little longer to get there. But we do really think that it's it's a it's an easy to use model because of the things that you um, so accurately pointed out about it. We we were trying to have fun together. Um, we uh, it it's it's a it's a social event. We're still talking about really serious topics, but we're having a good time doing it. You know, one one event that we do is the longest table, um, and it's literally a hundred tables in the middle of a downtown street. And so it's just this wonderful community celebration, and it is intentionally sort of between the lower and higher socioeconomic sides of town as a way to say, look, we're one community together. Well. It sounds amazing. It sounds like an opportunity for people to actually get some started in their own towns. You actually make it possible to do that. So it's amazing organization, The Village Square. Great podcast, The Village Squarecast. Thank you so much for joining me today, Liz. It's been so much fun to talk with you. And we are big rock star fans of your podcast and um, are delighted to be on it. Thank you. If you are listening to the show, please leave a review. It really does help shows like mine stand out. Also, please share the show with colleagues and friends, because word of mouth goes a very long way. Facebook and Twitter are great, but really just talk about it. There's a full transcript at www.democracyparadox.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.